Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Keeping with this vein of worship tonight, I'm moving to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7. I don't know if you're feeling what I'm feeling, but there's a cloud of Holy Ghost up here. There, there's, I, I know we often say this sometimes, but this is more than just a platitude. There's something special in this house tonight. And I don't pretend to even know what it is other than to tell you that it's God. But Sister Craig, he's faithful. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They can just keep worshiping, that's all right. He's faithful. He knows where we're at. He knows what we need. He knows every thought. He knows every imagination. He knows every disobedience. He knows every obedience. He's faithful. Deuteronomy 7 and verse number 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. The faithful God. I wish we could put it on the jumbo screen. But we're going to preach without it. The faithful God, which keepeth covenant... And mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day. To do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. For a few moments tonight, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach on this thought the blessing. Of faithfulness. Jesus, help me tonight. God, you know for the last three hours I've been battling hell itself. I ask you, God, for the anointing of your spirit to touch these lips to speak your word. Help me to declare it. Help me to speak it clearly. Help me to articulate it with anointing. And God, whenever it's done, I'm going to bury my head in a seat somewhere and I'm going to give you praise. For God, all the praise goes to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. You may be seated. The blessing of faithfulness. The word faithful is defined to build up, 
or support. It's to foster as a parent or a nurse. It's to trust. Faithful means to trust. To be faithful is to be true and devoted. To be faithful is to be constant, dependable, devoted, and loyal with the qualities of stability and unwavering allegiance. To be faithful indicates a long, continued, and steadfast fidelity to whatever one is bound to by a pledge, duty, or obligation. The English use of faithful teaches us much that is practical. A large number of synonyms can be related to it which provides understanding in more specific situations. Webster's New World Dictionary defines faithful as maintaining allegiance, constant, loyal, marked by or showing a strong sense of duty or responsibility, conscientious, accurate, reliable, and exact. The dictionary then compares faithful with its synonyms dedicated, steadfast, devoted, dependable, accurate. I realize these are foreign words to us in 2015. True, conscientious, dutiful, careful, scrupulous, and thorough. The antonym of faithful is faithless. Faithless means not keeping faith. It means dishonest. It means disloyal. It means unreliable. It means undependable. It means unbelieving. Ladies and gentlemen, as we've already witnessed over the last ten minutes or so tonight, we serve a God who is so faithful Somebody shout, he's faithful. The faithfulness of the God we serve is true. It's been proven many times. In God's holy writ, we can see that God is faithful and his word is true. Testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness can be found throughout the Bible and the testimonies by people today. If we were to pass the microphone around tonight, there are many of you who could speak of the faithfulness, the undeniable loyalty, the undeniable credibility that God is an everlasting God. That when He said in His Word that He was the same yesterday, today, and forever, some of you could stand up and say, Amen, I've witnessed that in my life. He is a faithful God. In fact, accounts of covenants between God and His people can be found more than 270 times in the Bible. God made a land covenant with Abraham and has never withdrawn what He promised. Though the Jewish people have scattered around the world, God promised they would return to the land that He promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants. Among God's fulfilled promises was that the people of Israel would again become a nation and the land, he said, would be theirs. This prophecy was made in the Old Testament. This prophecy was fulfilled in May 1948. God is faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, he may not answer you when you want him, but he's always going to be right on time. He's never late. He never sleeps. He never forgets. He is a faithful mighty God. 
Somebody clap your hands to Jesus together. He's a faithful God. He's a wonderful God. He's a loving God. He's a righteous God. He's a saving God. He's a blood-bought God that gave his life for a church that he could demonstrate his faithfulness and his wonder, his bounty, and his glory. God's faithfulness was demonstrated in the Word of God many times. To Noah, God was the Savior. To Moses, God spared the Israelites if they would obey. To Jacob, God reaffirmed his everlasting covenant in Psalm 105. To us, through salvation, we have everlasting life, John 3.16. God died for us in the atonement of sin, 1 Thessalonians 5. In Romans chapter 11, we see that God promises to remove sin. Remove it. In Micah chapter 7, God said, I'll toss your sin into the depths of the sea, never to be recovered. If you sin the same sin that God's already forgiven you, it's not because he didn't throw it away, it's because you went and resurrected it. 1 Corinthians 1, God is faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, God is faithful. In 2 Corinthians 3 and 3, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Somebody say he's faithful. In John chapter 1, verse 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, we're told if we confess our sins, he is, he is, he is. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can have confidence tonight that God will forgive us. Why? Because He's faithful. He is faithful. Not long ago, a person's word was his bond. And mere handshakes sealed major business agreements. Tales of Abraham Lincoln's honesty over pennies are an almost legendary part of our nation's history. Historians say faithfulness was such a hallmark of the Roman Republic that not one divorce occurred in the first 700 years of their existence. In the last 50 years in this nation, we have seen a calamitous family-destroying rise in the divorce rate that threatens the very stability of society. Amen. Now we've digressed to the point that popular, popular opinion is declaring you a hero if you wake up today and decide that God made a mistake and decide that God made you a man and he shouldn't have so you'll go make you a woman. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Society has changed. This is not the same world we lived in 50 years ago. This is not the same world we lived in a decade ago. People have changed. Opinions have changed. God's word hasn't changed. He's still the same. He's the same God today as he was when he saved you. Bishop, how long you had the Holy Ghost? 57 years 
Anybody in here else had the Holy Ghost 57 years? There's one. There's one. We've got three people in here that's had the Holy Ghost almost two decades more than I've been alive. And I'll, I'll declare to you tonight with all respect to them and everybody else here, he's the same God today as he was 57 plus years ago. His holiness is real. His Holy Ghost is just as real. Baptism in Jesus' name is just as real. Repentance is just as necessary. Coming to church is just as necessary. He's the same God. He's a faithful God. He is a wonderful God. Man, I just don't have enough voice to shout it loud enough. He's a faithful God. We still believe. Don't we? How many still believe tonight? We still believe in the infallible, holy, inerrant word of God. We still believe that he carried upon himself the matchless, wonderful, beautiful name of Jesus. We still believe that that is a name that is so great every knee will bow. We still believe that that's a name that's so great every tongue's going to confess. Every dialect, every language, every religion, every idol God will bow down and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. My God, I feel like I'm about to rapture in this place. He's a faithful God. Look at your neighbor tonight and tell him he's faithful. Ah, uh, some of you didn't say it. Say it again. He's faithful. He's faithful. There's a blessing in faithfulness. There's a blessing in faithfulness. Faithlessness is playing a major role in the destruction of our society. If, if you've never done any reading on ancient Rome, I recommend you look up the top ten reasons why ancient Rome fell. Every one of them you will see in good old USA. I'm not prophesying. It's plain as day. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in serious times. I've come tonight declaring as much as I can with the voice of a trumpet that there's a blessing in faithfulness. Because we do not live in an hour where that it is conducive to your walk with God for you to be faithless. Amen. People are without natural affection. There are more traitors among us than there are that aren't. Child abuse is more prevalent. The world cries about more of a dead lion than they do a baby. Hello? I'm not a hunter. I don't care if you hunt. It don't hurt my spirit. It's not affecting my walk with God any. But I couldn't care less about a lion named Cecil. Whenever we've got souls going to hell... Whenever we've got, we've got lives being destroyed, whenever we've got wives and children being beat, whenever we've got child abuse and spouse abuse and mental abuse and every other kind of abuse going on, ladies and gentlemen, the church needs to keep her priorities straight. Let the world cry about Cecil. I want to cry about Jesus because he's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. 
athletes break contracts at will. Manufacturers lie about quality. Workers underperform in their quality of work just because they don't like something. If you're an apostolic worker, you better not do that. I won't get on my soapbox, but I will tell you, you will lose your salvation. You can't be saved in here and not be a child of God there. And when his word said, Bishop's taught it to us for years, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Well, I better move on because I'll stay there for a while. Faithlessness is rising to a peak and it's because of self-centeredness. The father of irresponsibility is being promoted. It's the spirit of this age. It's the spirit of this age. Now, if, if, you're, if you're new tonight, I'm probably not preaching to you. I hope you can get something out of the message because he's faithful. If you don't hear anything else, if you're new tonight, either just born again or maybe you, maybe you haven't, if you don't hear anything else tonight, hear that he's faithful. But I come with a mandate from God tonight. I don't say that often. I'll say it tonight. Because I've got a mandate from God tonight to preach to the church. And, and in this moment, I'm preaching to this local assembly. I'm not worried about other apostolic churches right now. I'm preaching to this assembly. Brother Mason, that's not your plate. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. And if it's not, pastor will take care of that when he gets home. And he'll hear this, and I'm telling him publicly, Pastor, if you don't like it, come talk to me. I'll submit. But unless you're feeling what I'm feeling standing right here, and unless you felt the 500-pound weight of responsibility on your back in a prayer room like I did tonight, try not to judge. Man, I'm feeling a boldness tonight I've not felt in a while, so you're going to have to... It's the spirit of this age. The reason why we're fighting and we're scratching to break through and worship every time we come to church is because we're bringing the spirit of this age into here. The spirit of this age don't belong in here. The spirit of him. spirit of this age is it, it's faithless it's irresponsible it's self-centered it's I will support you as long as I agree with you I'm telling you tonight I'm leaving here tonight and every day this week I'm going to pray that God reveals every Achan I'm telling you I feel a boldness I have, I've not felt in probably 15 years there's an Achan here. And if you don't know what Achan is, it's a man. And he's in the Old Testament. And he hid some things that didn't belong to him. And when he was called out by God, through the man of God, death was the penalty. I submit to you tonight and I declare to you tonight that if there's some Achans here in this house, if you don't get your heart right with God, 
There will be a death. It's not a physical death. But it's a spiritual death. Because you cannot attend church. I feel better right now. You cannot attend church and let everything be status quo. And just because you've been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, and everybody thinks you're a Christian. You cannot attend church, pat your hands just a little bit, and go home, live like you want to behind closed doors. And then come to church and expect God to bless your faithlessness. It's not going to happen. He's faithful. There's a blessing in faithfulness. Your faithfulness to God calls on God to be faithful to you. Faithfulness is being consistently trustworthy. Bishop, do you know who I promote on the job at work? It's the people who are faithful. It's the people who have a good attitude. It's the people who do their job even if they don't like it. Because let me tell you something. There's days I don't like my job either. And I want to look at some people and go, wah! Grow up! Get over it! But we live in such a self-centered society. There is a spirit of this age out there that is teaching us and your children that if you don't feel good, then you shouldn't do it. Faithfulness is being consistently trustworthy, loyal, reliable, especially to a person, promise, or duty. Which calls into question. Oh Lord Jesus help me. I don't know Lord. Okay. It calls into question our ability to declare faithfulness. If we're not loyal to him. Our ability to declare faithfulness to God is in question if we do not not position ourselves to be reliable. I, I made this statement. I made this statement Wednesday night. And I don't remember exactly how I made it, but I remember making it to the effect that I've heard over the years... And there's a more poetic way of saying this. Forgive me for not knowing what it is. But the the essence of it is is that you can really tell who God's church is just come on Wednesday night. (laughs) 
Look at your neighbor tonight and say he's faithful. Faithfulness. Loyalty. Reliability. To a person. To a promise. Or to a duty. If you do not feel within your spirit the necessity and the obligation to be trustworthy, reliable, and loyal to God, then what good is your being here? Now, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to leave. I'm not trying to run anybody off. But it is going to be bold preaching tonight. I ask you rhetorically tonight, why are you here? I'm, I'm taking my time just so it can sink in. And I'm, I'm praying that every individual here takes me serious tonight whenever I'm asking you to ask yourself, why are you here? What is your purpose for being at church? Now, I'm glad you're here. God bless you. But you need to understand why you're here. God's faithfulness. Keep praying, Bishop. God's faithfulness is such that He will always do what He promised to do. How many promises did you break last week? Throughout scriptures, God's faithfulness is apparent from Old Testament to New Testament. God is steadfast. He's unchanging. And He's faithful. When He speaks, we have demonstration that it comes to pass. The Bible says that His words are yea and amen. The psalmist says, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. He continues to say, I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Lamentations 3.23 says, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Psalm 57 and 3 says, He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends His love and His faithfulness. Isaiah 25 and 1 says, O Lord, You are my God. I will exalt You and praise Your name. For in perfect faithfulness You have done marvelous things. Things planned long ago. Let me pause right here because I've already touched on attendance just briefly. May touch on it again yet. I don't know. But your, your faithfulness has to be more than just your attendance. I'm not contradicting what I've already said. Your attendance is necessary for your faithfulness. But attendance does not make you faithful. Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. It was a stormy night in Birmingham, England. A famous missionary by the name of Hudson Taylor was to speak at a meeting at Seven Street Schoolroom. His hostess assured him 
that nobody would attend on such a stormy night. That sounds like 2015. But Taylor insisted on going. I must go, even if there is no one but the doorkeeper. As it turned out, less than a dozen people showed up. But the meeting was marked with unusual spiritual power. Half of those present became missionaries or gave their children as missionaries. And the rest were faithful supporters of the China Inland Mission for years to come. Hudson Taylor was committed to serving God regardless of the names who showed up. We needed to stop declaring God's ability to move by the crowd. If his requirement he gave us in his word was where two or three are, we need to get our eyes off the numbers and get our eyes on Jesus because he's faithful. Y'all may not be. Your neighbor may not be. The ones who aren't here obviously aren't. There there may be a lack of faithfulness. I told you I felt bold tonight. Forgive me. But there may be an obvious lack of faithfulness in this assembly. But God is still faithful. He will never stop. He'll honor his faithfulness for 20, the same as he does 90. Well, Brother Mason, why is it that you think that we have fewer people in the church today because of faithlessness? Matter of fact, I'm feeling... I don't, I don't want to overuse the word bold tonight, but I'm, I'm, because I'm there, I'll go ahead and, and go there. I'll tell you, there's not a single, and, and I don't know this as a matter of fact. Believe this or not, Pastor and I don't talk every day. So, sometimes we do good to talk once a week, and that's usually here. And it's usually, hey, how you doing? So I, I don't know details of why certain people are not here. And I'm glad I don't. But I'll tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight. The reason why people are not here, it has nothing to do with this assembly. I feel like a master craftsman that just found a splinter and he needs to saw for a while. It doesn't have anything to do with this assembly. It has to do with foul spirits. They have no intention of being faithful to God. Who feel uncomfortable in an atmosphere where faithfulness is still required. So what do we do? Rarely, rarely do you find anybody who is man enough or woman enough to come up and say, Pastor, Bishop, I'm leaving because I'm cold on God and it's my fault. Have you ever had very many people come and tell you that? No. They play the blame game. It's always everybody else's fault. Hurt my feelings. It's too hot. Well, they may not say that. It's too cold. It's too loud. Let me tell you something. Bishop, you're going to have to grab me by the neck here in a minute. Keep me in line. 
Every person I have ever heard declare that a church is too loud, whether it's this assembly or somewhere else, every person, without fail, 100%, every person I've ever heard declare that a church is too loud is not right with God. You can get quiet. I'm still going to preach. It's fine. Let it sink in. And let me, let me declare to you why I say that. Because if you're right with God, that's not going to be your center of focus. I go to camp meetings, and I stand. Say, well, you're, you're an idiot. Maybe so. But I'll walk up next to that altar area bishop, and there's a stack of five or six speakers that go about 12, 15 feet high, and it's loud enough to hit a 1,000. And we're in the altar worshiping because that's where we're supposed to be. Because when I'm not there here, I'm somewhere else worshiping. And Bishop, it's so loud. It, 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 it took the left side of my brain and swapped it with the right side. I've been to conferences that hold three plus thousand people. And I've been so far from the stage that you've got to watch the jumbotron to see anybody's face. And it was so loud I couldn't hardly stand it. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, they've got to get it loud enough to hit three plus thousand people. What's your focus? What's your intention? What's your reason? Let me tell you reason number two why I say that people who say that the church is too loud, and that was just an example. That's not in my notes. You're welcome to look at my iPad after church. But the reason why people who say that are not right with God, and I'll tell you why, because they talk about it to everybody but the right person. Tell people at work, people that report to me, if you're not going to be here, you call me. You call somebody else, you didn't call in. I'm your boss. You call somebody else, you send a message my way, it don't count. Three of those, you're fired. Some of y'all wouldn't want to work for me. They get the message. Why? Because I require them to talk to the right person. I declare to you tonight with all sincerity and humility that if you have a problem, if you want to remain faithful to God, the right place to voice your problem is either on your knees or in pastor's office. You have no other right Biblically, it does not exist. There's a blessing in faithfulness. I know I've killed you shout, but I still need to preach. The Bible, we'll, we'll carry on. The Bible is loaded with examples of faithfulness. 
In the Old Testament, there's Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, David. New Testament, there's the disciples, Paul, Timothy, Titus, many others. But as in all the qualities of maturity, the Lord Jesus is our supreme example and model of faithfulness. In fact, a number of times in the New Testament not only points to the faithfulness of Christ, but it does so in such a way that it stresses that our salvation is based on the faithfulness of God. Which would imply, I want Him to be faithful. If my salvation, Sister Craig, is dependent on his, his faithfulness, then I want him to be faithful. Of what value would the promises of God be without his faithfulness? And of what value would we be to God, to our families, to the body of Christ, to society as a whole, without our faithfulness? Absolutely none. The faithful person is one who can be counted on to carry out his or her responsibilities and promises to the best of their ability, through thick and thin, no matter how bad the situation. Amen. The faithful child of God, the faithful child of God is loyal to God in all circumstances. I don't want to sound cold or callous tonight, but... We've got to grow past this excuse of, well, I'm going through something. You going through something? We all are. Why, why, weren't you, why weren't you at church? Why did we ask that question? We asked that question out of concern. Because I, I can't speak for every other uh, religion, but I do know what our salvation is. And I do know that we preach the book cover to cover. That's a separator between us and them. But as I mentioned to you before we started preaching tonight, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This is a spiritual thing. If you are not careful, there are strongholds that will grab you. You may speak in tongues on a Sunday night and that's fine, but you may still go home bound. We err if we gauge our salvation on how often we speak in tongues. Not that you shouldn't, but the Apostle Paul made a statement that he spoke in tongues more than everybody. And that he still longed, I'm paraphrasing, but he still longed for some words. I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't tap into the Spirit of God. You should. But don't, don't let that be a thermometer for you that, whoo, I spoke in tongues tonight, so I must be okay. Because I can remember a certain somebody in the book of Acts that was baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost, and turned right around and said, how much can I pay for this power? Speaking in tongues is not an indicator that you're all right. It's an indicator that you've got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is a teacher so you can have the Holy Ghost and not be where you need to be with God. Faithfulness is so necessary in our walk with God. Without faithfulness, so I think we could agree on this one point tonight. Without faithfulness, you would have never been saved. But I want you to understand tonight, without faithfulness, you will not stay saved. 
in the parable of the lost coin. The coin was lost. But recognize where the coin was. The coin was still in the house. What are you saying? I'm saying you can be here and still be lost. Now, if you're not here, you will be lost. Attendance doesn't save you. But you cannot be saved without faithful attendance to his house. To hear his word. To grow in his spirit. Our Wednesday night congregation should be just as big as our Sunday congregation. Minus those who are at work. But we need to be careful about this work umbrella. Now, if you work at second shift like Brother Malone does, that's an obvious one. I mean, you just count the hours out on your hands and you can figure that out pretty quick. It's basic math. But for those of us that work days but just work late, we need to be careful. Number one, that we not fall under temptation to not. I'm not preaching something I don't go through. There's times I leave my office at 5 till 7. And I walk straight in and straight to the platform. I don't like it, but that's the sacrifice to have to be here. Come in your work clothes. I do. Well, my work clothes aren't as clean as yours. You're not on the platform either, so you're excused. Come on now. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in serious times. And we need to be serious about our salvation. We need to be serious about this assembly. I'm getting sick. And you know what comes next. And tired. Of watching every charismatic movement that don't stand for anything. Prosper. And hearing people say, well, they just don't want to live holy. Bull! Holiness isn't what's keeping people out of this church. It's the spirit of this age. It doesn't have anything to do with holiness. We don't get up, we don't measure skirts at the door. We don't, we don't tell you how long your hair should be. We don't tell you how to fix it. It doesn't make any difference whether you wear a necktie and a sweater vest or a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. Holiness isn't what's keeping people out of this church. I'm going to say something. And I hope that you felt enough spirit of God tonight to be a sedative for this because we're in the operating room. I'm going to tell you something. And I feel this in the spirit of the Lord tonight or I wouldn't say it. Holiness isn't what's keeping people out of this church. It's the spirit of this age in the people that's in this church that's keeping people out of this church. We need to go back to grassroots. We need to declare our faithfulness to God. If you don't worship God today the way you did when you were saved, you're not faithful. That's hard, Brother Mason. It may be. But I'm reaching tonight not to offend anyone. I'm reaching tonight to help someone. 
When I was growing up, my dad was preaching. If he had preached bold, he would say I could arm wrestle a bear. That was just one of his things. He would always, he'd always, he, and, and anybody that was in his church knew that. So every, every once in a while he'd say, man, I feel that bear coming on. I think I could arm wrestle that bear. I, I feel a little bit like my dad tonight. I think I could arm wrestle a bear. Because you don't know what I battled in the prayer room tonight. I about backed out of this message. I pulled another one up on my iPad and I said, Lord, I'll just go with this one instead. Some of you are probably saying you wish I would have. But he quickly convicted me to declare his word. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just a mailman tonight. And I'm past 45 minutes and I try not to go past 35, so I'm going to hurry to a close. But we need to go back to our roots of understanding that there is a blessing in faithfulness and faithfulness goes beyond just clocking in and clocking out on Sunday. I want to give you a few examples of faithfulness. I'm going to give examples on myself and this is not me patting myself on the back. But if I did not live a faithful life, I could not preach faithfulness. So if you'll just allow me and indulge me for just a moment. Ten years ago, I arrived home from a long trip back from Japan. I had been up for 36 hours. I had arrived at my home at about 5 p.m. I got off the plane, drove home, unloaded my luggage. I can remember looking at my wife and telling her. It was on a Tuesday we had church on Tuesday. I can remember telling her, I don't want to go. You want to judge me for that, that's okay. This is why you need a good spouse. Because she was my cheerleader. She said, I'll drive. Come on, let's go. Okay, let's go. She helped me. I changed clothes. We headed to church. I led worship. I supported evangelist Jeremy Lane while he preached. Went home, got a few hours of sleep, and went back to work the next day. Why? Because he's been so faithful to me, I just can't help being faithful to him. Brother Mason, that would have been understandable if you wanted to stay home. Probably so. I would, I would love to see many of you who have been up for 36 hours straight, traveled 7,000 miles, and still come to church. And again, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm using myself as an example tonight. My point is just because it's excusable doesn't mean you don't need to be here. Because whether you're here or whether you're not, God's going to speak. I've been working in various positions in the corporate world for the past 16 years. I've been unemployed two times. Both were unexpected. Both were unjust. Rather than settle in the pool of self-pity, my family came to church anyway. We did not miss a service. We attended every revival meeting. We still led worship. We still played music. We still worshiped God. 
Hold on to your wallet. We still paid tithes and offerings on our unemployment. One service, my wife came to me and she said, God told me to give some money to a certain couple in this church to meet a certain need. We were unemployed. We agreed. She gave the money. Before we got home from church that morning, God had more than given us back everything she had given to that family. Why? Because he's faithful. But for him to demonstrate his faithfulness, sometimes it takes our obedience. When my wife and I thought we would never have children, God sent a man to prophesy to us at church camp that he was about to complete our home. That was June of 1998. Nine months later, March of 99, we had the blessing of faithfulness birthed into our home. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it's, you can't go wrong being faithful to God. It's a personal decision, though. You can't, you can't be faithful for someone else. Nothing will kill, and I'm closing, I'm closing, I promise. We're at the 50-minute mark. We're not going to make it to 60. Nothing will kill faithfulness any quicker than gossip, backbiting, false witness, and running to mischief. I'm in the book tonight. You may not like me for it, but I'm in the book. Just because you don't agree doesn't make you right. And even if you're right, there's absolutely no Bible to support you talking to anyone about it. I told you earlier, using music as an example. There's something in this church that you don't like. You have two, two biblical options. One is to pray about it. And the other one is to talk to your pastor. But going from this pew to that pew to that pew and meeting people in the parking lot is not an option. You hear me? You hear me well tonight. I'm reaching for somebody's soul. There's no Bible for that. I heard it said recently how you can tell if something's gossip or not is if what you're about to say you're either not involved in or you have no influence over. What happens many times is we go get involved in situations that don't involve us. The people that we feel have been wronged have already reconciled. Because there's more sides to a story than the one you hear. And by our involvement, we, we keep it fresh. Reconciliation's now out the window. We're gnawing on it like a bear on raw meat. We just won't let it go. Won't let it go. I, I, I want to take you to the book of Matthew chapter 19. If you'll stand with me tonight, that'll make you feel better. We're almost there. The plane is descending. Matthew 19 and verse number 20. 
says, The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. It's the story of the rich young ruler. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast. Give to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, verse number 22 of Matthew 19, when the young man heard that saying, the Bible says, he went away. He went away. He went away sorrowful for he had great possessions is what the Bible says. But he went away. What do you say, Brother Mason? I'm saying that Jesus Christ in the flesh, God in the flesh, stood right there and he, walked, he watched a man walk away from him because he would not compromise what is right. Now, I say this very, as sensitively as I can tonight because we've got a lot of family in this church and to save your family expands the family. All right, I, I get that. So I'm sensitive to that tonight, but we need to understand not everybody that comes through those back doors that are born again are going to stay. Even when it's your family. Their leaving may be an indicator of something between them and God that they're not willing to accept. Let's not make it more than what it is. Because he's still faithful. Hear me tonight. He's still faithful. He walked away. He walked away. We must be careful. There's a spirit of rebellion and rejection in this age. They're two separate things. And I wish I had another hour because I'd like to elaborate on both of them. They're two separate things. But rebellion and rejection both will affect your salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a blessing in faithfulness. I'm speaking right now not, not to new folks. I'm not speaking to, to, to people who uh, are, are non-committal but still attending. We're glad you're here. Lord bless you. We appreciate your faithfulness to the house of God. We, we pray that God blesses you, but I'm, I'm not speaking to you right now. Right now, in closing, I'm speaking, every head bowed, if you would, please, every, every eye closed. I am speaking to the leadership of this church. If you're a Sunday school teacher, a musician, a singer, a board member, a leader of any capacity, I'm speaking to you. And what I heard the Lord speak to me while praying and preparing for this service, I have been battling with hell for the last 24 hours. And this is what I heard the Lord speak to me, that if you demonstrate a lack of faithfulness in your life, you are forfeiting your qualification to be in the role that you're in. And that it's you, sir, it's, it's you, ma'am, that need to take a seat. I'm speaking to the leadership right now. Brother Mason, this isn't your, your place. Maybe not. I, I, I don't know. I hope I'm not overstepping. 
I'm trying my best tonight with fear and trembling to obey the voice of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in serious times. I cannot stress that enough. And we need serious people who are not weak need, whose only resolution is to whine and complain and blame. We need people who are willing to get on their knees and pray, rebuke the fowl of the air, come against the spirits that are unlike God, and understand that there is a blessing. It may not be financial. I don't know how He blesses every time. It's different. But there is such an undeniable blessing in faithfulness. We opened with Deuteronomy 7 and 9. I close with it tonight. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. The faithful God. Would you lift your hands and just love Him right now? This is an opportunity for us to praise Him. God, this altar is open. This is a good opportunity. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.